You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Dear Culture, the podcast for buying about the culture here on the Griot Black Podcast Network. I'm your host, Panama Jackson, and I want to welcome you to our podcast here at Dear Culture. Make sure you subscribe and give us a like over there and everywhere you listen to your podcast. It really matters. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. We thank you for listening. And because we appreciate you so much, every now and then we get an opportunity to go out and have a conversation with a genuine culture maker and influencer and and game changer. And that's what we got today. Let me tell you, our guest today is somebody who I personally consider to be one of the greatest rappers of all time. Somebody who's in my personal, personal GOAT conversation. This is a person who brought us uh, the four album run of America's Most Wanted, Death Certificate, The Predator, Lethal Injection. He was a part of NWA. He's the scribe for one of the greatest songs in hip hop history, F the Police. He brought us Friday. He's a writer, director, producer. I mean, in the words of Big Red from the Five Heartbeats, what, what do you don't do? I think it's obvious who my guest is today. Here's one more thing. He is the co-founder of the Big Three, which is a basketball league that features three-on-three games with former NBA stars and players who are out touring the country. But today's guest deserves all the flowers that we can possibly give. I'm speaking of none other than Ice Cube. Sorry, man, how you feel? How you doing, brother? And, and thank you so much for being here. It's truly an honor. And we're gonna, I wanna talk to you about the big three. That's a magic number. Got the homies balling out for the whole damn summer in that four point circle with that ghost ball of purple. If you check the roster, got a three head monster. Not- Most of the scores are very close. Like people who get the 51st, it's not like they're blowing people out. Like it's competitive enough. And, you know, what you brought up, you know, there's a couple of things that I wanna bring up. You know, recently I saw your video, uh, you're on this, you know, Fuck the Gatekeepers podcast tour. Really, I don't give a fuck about working with the NBA. What I want them to do when I say work with us is to stop working against us. Stop doing that bullshit behind the scenes that we know you're doing. You know, I saw that. I saw the video and then, you know, I saw clips from your conversation uh, recently uh, with Joe Rogan about, you know, the media not being supportive or in effectively the NBA kind of being in the way. I don't know if holding you back, but not not allowing the space to succeed. They're actually going. Uh, behind our back and okay. talking to networks. They're talking to sponsors, you know, companies, brands who advertise uh, with basketball, advertise in the NBA. And um, they're going in uh, personalities. They're players who, who, uh, who are on air and telling them basically not to, speak about the big three um we've heard it from you know very reputable sources uh and and sometimes out of the companies um you know either ceo cmo um coo you know these guys are you know they tell us straight up you know if you guys work it out with the nba we can do something with you and they're basically saying if you don't we can't and, and uh, you know, we were told as much. So it's just, <clears throat> it just got to stop. And this is my way of trying to shed some light on it because I don't have any, um, don't have a lot of sports media covering 
uh, the league like it should. And that's probably because of NBA pressure. Um, so, I, you know, I just want to deal with it. If the NBA is suppressing media coverage and all of this and, and, and getting in the way, like, why do you think that is? Because it doesn't, this is not even a, this is not even a league that's in competition directly with the NBA. I mean, it, it doesn't even occur during the same time frame. You know, it has former players involved and co- like, I mean, it's, you know, it's, what, what do you think leads to that? It could be a couple of things, you know, I don't, I don't know the direct reason. You know, I'm speculating, but NBA believe they own basketball and they they don't they don't like the fact that we we changing the game, that we've pushed the game. But our game, you know, we haven't touched the NBA. They've actually taken some rules that we implemented in our league and put it in their league. So like which ones? Players picking their own team doing all-star game you know that's straight out the big three um we were on the 14 second shot clock you know um they do it now after uh you know if a ball goes out of bounds right. and it stays on the same side of the court they they do that uh we got the we got the coaches out them damn suits and shit you know <laughs> um all them little things you know and and us being first with mental health, they used to shun players because they were, you know, was struggling mentally. They used to put them out the league. They used to blackball them. Uh, we were first with CBD use, getting our players off of opioids to heal their pain. Um, you know, we got a we got a growing list. You know, what I mean, it got about you know fourteen to. 18 things that we've seen that they've they've uh borrowed from us now look they've been around 75 years we've borrowed a lot from them okay we're not complaining what we're saying is we're good for the game we have their their players you know it's like they're trying to crush ice cube in my league okay but what they're gonna crush is dr j from having a head coaching job Rick Barry, Iceman. Um, they don't have no head coaching jobs for those guys. So why, why are they trying to stop them from eating in the big three? They're stopping players who have to go overseas to, to play and make a living, stopping them from playing at home and making a living. Um, all the people that work for the big three, all the people that, that work in the cities that we stop by, you know, um, all the other things that reverberate off the league that puts money in our mouths as black people and they're trying to crush it and I don't understand why um it's just uh you know I I said this today and it's like they got black lives matter on the court but I don't fuck what's on the court like what's in your heart don't right. care about that. Stop all the symbolism when you showing your blatant uh, disregard for for what we built. Now we haven't built it in a vacuum. We have some of the, you know, uh, Clyde Drexler is our commissioner. You know, we have some of the greatest uh, players to ever touch a basketball 
endorsed this league, be a part of this league for six years. They've come back every year with shows that we're doing something right. We're not, you know, this is not some scrub shit. So they got to respect it straight up. And if they don't, I'm going to make them respect it. You know, that's what I'm out to do. You know what I mean? They're going to respect what we're doing. Or they just going, you know, we just going to move furniture. We're just going to continue to move furniture. <laughs> One of my favorite phrases in Black America. You know, when I watched that initial video where you posted uh, a couple of days ago about going on and like, you know, speaking up about about gatekeepers and, and, you know, not being part of the club and all of that. You know, you spoke specifically about like the media and mainstream media not providing, I guess, space and coverage for what you all are doing. And yeah. it's funny because I, you know, the first thing I did when I watched the video is I went to go look to see who covered it. And I didn't see, but one, I think mainstream media, going to what mainstream media coverage of that type of thing. And it's interesting because I'm like, well, this kind of validates the point. You would think somebody of prominence in the league speaking so, you know, straightforwardly and, and quote unquote controversially about the league would get more coverage, but it's not there. So I guess I wonder for you, what would you like the mainstream media to cover more of? Like, what do you want the mainstream media to how do you want them to engage with the big three? I mean, just report on the league for people that, you know, care about the league. Um, I, I just want them to cover us. They cover all the other leagues. Our ratings are better than MLS. Our ratings are better than NHL. They cover both of those. You know, wow. so, you know, we're... We're doing the numbers, you know, it's not just some side thing that's not doing numbers. You know, we're doing over 500,000 people every weekend on CBS. So, um, and it's growing. And our 18 to 49 uh, demo uh, was up 30% this weekend. So we're moving in the right direction. and it's, it's just as big as anything else out there without the coverage. Now we want the coverage. You know, right. they may give it to me, they may not. But fuck it, I'm getting the word out and talking to people and they understanding what's going on. And, um, you know, the, the big three is, is here for the people. This is what I'm trying to make sure people understand that the, the league is here for our summer entertainment, because summer sports are boring. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one, brother. You know, so, to speak positively, so we're not just focused on the negative, like the big three is expanded. You guys are going overseas. I think the All-Star yeah. game is going to be in London at the O2 Arena. Um, yeah. You know, where do you see the big three going from here? It's been in business for six years. It's expanded every year. Uh Lots of cities to tour. You know, I've watched it on TV and the crowd interaction has always been interesting and fun. The famous Michael Rappaport videos from years ago were like circulating. Tino, this is a tough game. Killer threes are not playing around. What do you have to say about this game? My, my man, you looking at me like you want to put hands on me. Please, please, man, before I put hands on you. I ain't Ryan Holland. I'm not Scalabrini. Get off of me, man. Yeah. You know, like, so where do you see the big three going and where do you hope it gets to. I mean, it's growing, you know, right now we're in the process of selling teams 
um, and, and putting teams in cities. You know, once we do that and, you know, we sell the 12 teams and we place them in cities, then we have the opportunity to go to 16, 20, 24 teams um, and continue to grow the league that way. Uh, we're also, you know, um, working on what we call Big Cup, which is, you know, inviting the best round three teams around the world to uh, compete in uh, in a in a big cup like World Cup type tournament that you can call a tournament. But <laughs> so so uh, you know that's what we we envision the world the league is worldwide basketball is worldwide. It's one of the own uh, you know one of the three sports that translate no matter what language. You know that's basketball, that's boxing or or UFC, and then it's uh, soccer. Um, that's big, you know, of course, some of the others do. Um, but for the most part, it's a worldwide, um, venture. Well, you know, we wish you much success with that. Obviously we like to end every one of our shows on a black fashion, which is a confession about your blackness. Something people will be surprised to know about you because you're black. Now this is going to be surprised. Whatever you got is going to be surprising to me because surprised. Something Damn. people be surprised, you know, like people throw food out there. You want, you'll be surprised how many people have not seen Friday, even though they can quote every line from the movie. Uh, uh, people who ain't don't eat chicken. It's just it's a, so, so. What is something about Ice Cube that people will be surprised to know, especially because of who you are? Damn. Uh, Lord, how much, man, you got me going into the, to the crates. Um, That's where we want you to go. Go to the craze, brother. You're a movie maker. I don't know what your favorite movie is. You're one of the greatest rappers of uh, all time. What's your favorite hip hop song? Like, what do what what are the what is the of the things you create? What are your favorite versions of those things? That would be interesting to know. My favorite movie is Jaws. Um, huh. To me, it's it's just a perfect movie. Um, and probably you know when I saw it, it, it just hit different because you know. It's first time something like that was put together on that level. Right. Um, favorite hip hop song, you know, I I gotta say, um, some from Public Enemy, you know, I, um, Welcome to the Terradome. But welcome to the Terradome. Public Enemy, your favorite rap group that you're not involved with, <laughs> that you're not a part of? Run DMC is my favorite rap group. Chuck D is my favorite rapper of all time. That's so funny because I view Chuck, like Chuck D is like, in, in my mind, y'all are peers, but it, it also makes so much sense because I remember when you were younger, people like Ice Cube is like the West Coast Chuck D kind of thing, like that same, you know, y'all got that same spirit and that's why everybody was afraid of y'all for so long. <laughs> it was the, the, that type of thing, the speak truth to power thing. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, you know, he, um, he showed, you know, when you got the mic, what you really supposed to do with it. Absolutely, as did you. If you enjoyed that conversation that I just had with Ice Cube about the big three league, his basketball league that's traveling around the country, make sure 
that you stay tuned and subscribe to Dear Culture. Give us a like, you know, make sure you hit that like. It, it matters. I would really appreciate it. But make sure you stay tuned to the rest of the conversation that I had with Ice Cube. We had an opportunity to talk to him about 50 years of hip hop, his own space in the hip hop game and how he's been so successful. You know, so make sure you stay tuned for the second part of this conversation with Ice Cube. Dear Culture, have a black one. Diving into NWA's Dope Man and the drug dealer's influence on Black America. You couldn't be like no soft, smiling, happy-go-lucky drug dealer. I was looking at everybody else crying, and I was thinking to myself, I, w- I want to cry. Why am I not crying? There was people that was kidnapping members of their own family for money. You can't even trust moms? Damn. Being Black the 80s is on the Real Black Podcast Network or wherever you listen to podcasts.